Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Searching for something to put a smile back on your face. Just remembering unusual times it can come from an unusual place. You need a partner for the ride, cause everybody needs a climb. So set your worries to the side. Shit 90 Shows Taught Me was not filmed before a live studio audience. Welcome back to Shit 90 Shows Taught Me. I'm Jess Sterling here with my co-host, Sarah Frankenson. Sarah, how are you? Uh, Jess, I just got back from Lac Lavage. <laughs> really great. It's really great. Oh. You know, they, they pay their workers well. And we have a grand old time at La Clavage. Yeah, we are frequent uh, frequent visitors of Clavage. Yeah, I have a punch card. <laughs> yeah. No, I got all my punches in. You know you what you get when you get uh, all your punches in? Please tell me. Oh, you get a discounted burger. Well, it's not that good. Exciting. Discounted burger. It's not that good. And we couldn't do this alone because I got to say, if I had to talk about toxic masculinity alone for like the first 20 minutes of this, it was going to be a rough time. So bringing on with us to talk about not only La Clavage, but hopefully somebody who is more well-versed in poetry than I am to explain the brilliance of Sean's poems, the one and only creator of our amazing theme song that all of you get to listen to every week, JD. JD, how are you? Hey, I'm good. Uh, the Just a, a note, the little the punches on the punch card, actually, before they get punched out, they actually are little, like, uh, uh, belly button, like, Audis, actually, specifically. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but then it ultimately does just kind of result in a discounted burger. It's like it's the, the yeah. punch card itself is kind of more fun, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's kind of crazy because like every single time I go there, I leave my punch card there and then I have to go back and then I have to look through the whole drawer and somehow figure out which punch card is my punch card, even though all the punch cards look the same. Mm-hmm. So 
it's really it's and then you just problem. take all the punch cards so you get like 10 free burgers discounted oh. burgers Disc- i'm sorry discounted burgers. <laughs> i'm sorry how dare i with, shame with purchase of a of a, a lap dance maybe i'm not sure lack Here, yeah here's the thing rules. Lac Lavage is very strange because it's like it's it, it's very much supposed to be like Hooters. Like we all know, right? It's homage to Hooters. But Hooters is uh, like they uh, they wear they're not shorts. Like they have pants. They're just like flesh-toned pants or what? leggings or something. What are you talking about? I think that the, the in, outfits at Hooters in the time they wear shorts. What are you made, talking did, about? Yeah. I mean, I I really? went to a, I've been to a Hooters once one time uh and it was probably around the time that the show would yeah because there was an era of like let's go get some wings and see some tatas like there yeah. was a whole era of that yeah for me it was uh, uh i was going to toronto to see a concert and while we were on our like it was like a festival thing and while we were on our way there we heard that they'd swapped the set times for two of the bands and the band that we wanted to see uh, was going on had all was going on before we'd get there and the band we didn't want to see would be on when we got there so we decided to make a very quick decision and go to Hooters in in Toronto because mm-hmm. you you have one basic opportunity in southern Ontario for anything as if it's you're in Toronto so you go into Toronto you got to make a day of it yeah um yeah and in this case our day was was Hooters and yes I, I mean this is a long way of saying yeah they wore shorts yeah yeah but i i feel like the hooters i went to they wore like these like maybe it was more no. like tights not... okay so jessica jessica as somebody <laughs> as somebody who frequents the, frequent the hooters, hooters tiktok um i'm sorry i we're gonna need to stop down for like a hot second and ask why you frequent the hooters I tiktok don't okay tiktok chooses tiktok you. yeah tiktok knows yeah they they just TikTok choose chooses you. you that's right so, i mean tiktok just sends me dog videos literally the only and it's 90 percent golden retrievers that's all i ever see on tiktok like i don't know what i'm doing but like yeah. all i get are dog videos okay well well they they pointed me the direction of hooters tiktok and what i will tell you is that they 100 wear shorts okay. but they do wear tights too they wear well, maybe tights. it was the tights that they maybe wear maybe it was winter jess under no they, they wear tights under their shorts and there was a whole controversy in the last year because they changed the hooter shorts to make them cheekier and the girls didn't like it yeah because they don't want their asses hanging out like if you want your ass hanging out by all means let your ass fly but like some people they're trying to just work you know they're trying yeah. to work and they're trying to get some money and they don't want the cheeks all yes. up out of the shorts so there's this whole yeah. thing about the girls wanting to get the old shorts back and now i think they're allowed to wear the old sh- shorts and if they want to wear the new shorts they can wear the new shorts wow and they have to buy their own tights how do you feel about that there's a no, tight they should be supplied or buy. reimbursed no there's a tight vending machine in all the hooters what? and they have to pay a dollar or three dollars oh, or whatever for tights because i'd like you to tell me a single person that can wear tights once and not get a run in them i know and they There's are not allowed to have them. runs in them if you get a run That's, in your tights then you have to buy new tights That's the beautiful the thing about capitalism fuck capitalism i'm just yeah, here no, to say Fuck the patriarchy, fuck <laughs> capitalism, and also just fuck toxic masculinity, which is I like, basically what yeah, the entire I is. like 
I like how I am, at least me personally, and it seems like definitely Jess, and, and I think, Sarah, this is as probably outraged as I've ever seen you. Um, <laughs> not not true. Yeah. So yeah I think is... that we're all really riled up, and we haven't even started talking about the toxic masculinity it's... part of the episode. Which means it's going to be a good podcast. Like, I yeah. just, I can feel it in the air. Um, So, yeah, we're going to spend our time talking about two episodes today. We're going to start with season six, episode eight. You're married, you're dead, and then, which is full of toxic masculinity and then we'll get into poetry in a little bit um jd remind us a yeah. little bit um like boy meets world is this something that you watched when it was on on abc like watch the reruns and abc family disney you know all that stuff when did when did you catch it do you remember all of the above uh i definitely watched it when i was a i was a tgif uh tgif kid um and so definitely watched it during TJF. I probably wasn't like in every, didn't catch every week of it or something. What? Uh, the, okay, I should have come more prepared with this information. What years did Boy Meets World run? We got uh, 1995 to 2001. No, three. Yeah, 1993. 1993. 1993 to 2000. Okay. 93 to 2000. Okay. Okay, that makes it. The fact also that y'all didn't like immediately have that answer and shout it down at me makes me feel better and and very professional boy meets world podcast we know how to google things like you know we can google we're capable googlers so 93 to 2000 covers like my basically that's my entire teenage years Mm uh so i was like hit and miss in there as i would get older uh and stuff too but they were they would be pretty much right around my age too so it was like always kind of identifiable with boy meets world and they didn't like i didn't realize it really at the time probably but like watching it now i can see that like there were topics that they didn't shy away from that was probably really like attractive to me as a person who liked to actually know things and not be like patronized i guess sort of and and stuff so um yeah because there's so moral yeah. of the stories but like they they approach it in a more realistic way i think some of the time yeah. than like your full houses where it's like now everybody hug like yeah you know <laughs> yeah or like i mean does like nobody ever nobody ever acknowledged that sex ever happened on full house you know yeah there was some kids uh there was some kids however they happened was probably it, what would happen is like someone would kiss and then people would go Woo! And then the camera would pan off of them, and then babies yeah. were born. Uh, yeah. And um, and Boy Meets World, at least like as they got older, they acknowledged that you know they dealt with some of those issues that was a little more fun to watch than than Full House or things like that for me. Yeah. The spiciest episode I remember Full House is when DJ fell asleep at Steve's house. <gasps> and yes, the drama. Danny Tanner like went over to Steve's house and looked at like the top of his door that had a window and was like, oh, my daughter is like yeah. having, well, she fell asleep, but she, she was very did concerned. Indeed. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we're not into sex territory yet on Boy no, World. No, but we but did I have the that, talk like, it, about the sex. Like there was a yeah, chat on prom I mean, night. Even, even as they as they got into college and stuff too, they do they do start dealing with uh at least like even in this episode about like issues of sexuality and like of I yeah. mean of toxic masculinity and stuff. But Ooh. yeah. There was there were some 
there were some efforts within the show it felt like at least to like have some semblance of what what would have felt like a progressive message in you know 1998 or whenever this came out yeah yeah exactly so let's let's get into the toxic masculinity of it all with you're married you're dead um so we start off with sean playing poker with a guy called gambling dan um in the dorm dorm room and we have like his minion very much reads to me like a frankie and joey situation sarah it's like college frankie and joey basically yeah obviously that's who i thought of right away when i saw this bunch uh gambling dan in his stooge whatever his face is that no one cares pigeon that's what i'm calling him because <laughs> cory later calls him a pigeon and that's what he feels like yeah uh terrible these people are terrible yeah they're they're awful and so sean ends up losing oh i think it's louie i think the pigeon is named louie um oh, you could have given me 300 guesses <laughs> And I don't know that, like, well, I might have got there just by actual guessing because Louis feels like, you know, that guy list of of that guy. Yeah. Yeah. That guy gives off the energy. When you said Louis, I expected to be like, oh, right, Louis. That's not what happened. I went, oh, interesting. I guess it was Louis then. Yeah, it's just like two frat bros is all I think about, right? Yeah, they're not even frat bros, but yeah, yeah, they're just they're just bros, and so they're like, oh, maybe you'll see us later at clavage um and so sean's like yeah 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 and so then um cory comes in and he's just like hey what the hell like you're hosting a poker night and you didn't even invite me and this freaking gambling dan calls him major and we'll find out later it's because he's major whipped which jd doesn't even make sense like it's not even clever no it's not i mean like whipped is a thing that's uh, I mean, we can talk more about the idea of being whipped anyway. It's not a thing anyway, but major yeah. whipped is not like even that's not even the grammar like that. Like That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't. It, I know it doesn't language is kind of like living alive and stuff, but like you can it's different if you're Shakespeare and you're like evolving the language or if you're just a dumb guy named Gamblin Dan <laughs> uh, <laughs> calling people major whipped you could that's that's not shakespeare behavior yeah no it's terrible and he says like oh i thought you were with your virgin support group uh and and so yeah these they're talking about going to clavage uh later and sean's like what the hell like you you're not you're not gonna invite me and he's like oh i just figured you were busy with topanga he's like well i'm free tonight uh and he's uh, topanga's busy uh, he's like, see, everything you do is based on Topanga. And he says, I'm engaged. And so this is when we find out for the first time, Sarah, that Corey wears an engagement ring, which in the 90s, like nowadays, it's definitely more common. But especially in the 90s, this was not a common occurrence for men to be wearing engagement rings. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think that nowadays, maybe we look differently on. Um, I don't know any of my friends, significant others that wore an engagement ring, but if they did, I don't really think I would look twice on it. I mean, if you think about it, I don't really understand why only the girl gets to wear a pretty piece of jewelry while the guy doesn't have to. I think like the best thing that I've seen is in same sex couples. Oftentimes they both wear engagement rings and like they're all happy about it. Why wouldn't? why wouldn't you want something to wear? And I, I can relate to Corey, how he was like, I want something pretty too. 
Yeah, yeah, I love Topanga later saying, you're the one who wanted it. Like, you're the one who was like, ooh, pretty, I want one. Um, Like, Corey, and I, I love that Corey is also someone we've seen throughout the years. He is a more emotional guy, right? And I feel like that is so healthy to see on TV. And, like, this episode does send the right message of, like, uh, I, I don't think it really has the comeuppance on Gambling Dan that we want it to. But at the very least, it says, like, it's okay to not be a toxic jerk. Like, it's okay to want to hang out with your fiancé instead of a bunch of broy dudes who are just assholes at the end of the day. Um, and so, yeah, so, uh, like, yeah, I mean, really like, the moral is it yeah. isn't that, uh, they got rid of gambling Dan or he got any sort of, like you said, comeuppance. It's just the moral is, you know, sometimes people assholes, sometimes assholes exist. Um, and you just don't have to be around them. We can't do anything about it. Uh, but I mean, so maybe that would be, it Maybe maybe the future of the world, we can have some, do something about the assholes tv yeah. shows but one would hope yeah um and so Corey like originally says like oh are you jealous because again we're, we're still in this whole zone of like sean and angela are broken up and we haven't seen sean been dating around i kind of wish given that what we have next episode i almost wish they had given them some space to like let's see them date other people when they're gonna be separated um, but the reason Sean doesn't want him to come along is because Gamblin' Dan says, oh, not Corey, he's married, he's dead. And it's just like, oh, no, sorry, he calls him, he calls him Major Wuss. And then there, if there's a whipped magazine, you'd be the centerfold. And it's just like, okay, first of all, it doesn't, it shouldn't matter if Corey is in a relationship, single, dating, married, engaged, any of those things. That does, has no bearing, Sarah, on whether or not he can hang it's just that this guy is like, no, all my friends need to be single bros so we can go to collage and see some tits. Like, that's how it feels. Yeah, I mean, I guess gambling Dan, I, I don't know, maybe he just wants to hang out with single dudes so that, I don't know, Corey doesn't. I think that in his mind, Corey's going to bring down the vibe. But honestly, Gambling Dan blows. So I don't think that Corey's... Well, I mean, Corey's a little whiny. Maybe he would bring down the vibe. But I don't really think that's because he's engaged. I think it's just because he's Corey. That's who Corey is. Yeah. Corey's yeah, been I that way. Yeah. We've seen Corey's entire yeah. life by this point, pretty much. Uh, you know, we know he's whiny before before Topanga would yeah. be yeah. there. Yeah, yeah I think so. it's more like that's not I think Clavage is not his scene whether or not he's with Topanga it is not the type of thing Corey as a human would want to be doing I feel like like he's down to have True. a good time but like this is just not his idea of a good time yeah I think it's kind of almost the equivalent of when I was in college and my friends started going out to like clubs and they were like Sarah, we're not going to invite you to the club because we know it's not your scene. And then in my head, I was like, but I want to be invited and I want to go to the club because I don't want to be excluded. I think Corey is going through the same thing with La Covage. He doesn't want to get excluded. He doesn't want to like miss out on guy time. And uh, you know what? Give him a chance. Maybe he'll surprise you at La Covage. And he does. Maybe yeah. I would have surprised my friends if they invited me <laughs> to the club. Probably not, because I'm I yeah. don't want to go to the club, but I did at that time. 
Yeah, it's more of that you just want the invite, right? Like you want you want to be Oh there. yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's nothing more powerful than getting the invite and then denying it. Yeah, and being like, "Nah, no thanks. Thanks for inviting, but no thanks." Yeah. Um I and so big Corey vibes uh like like I mentioned when my memory of going to the Hooters, I remember the the chicken sandwich and I don't really remember much about the rest of the environment, so I definitely yeah. was the Corey on that trip. Yeah. Uh, so, so I like the chicken but sandwich. Like, also, was good. Of, it was good. It was yeah. real good. What kind of what kind of vibe though is gambling Dan bringing that Corey's gonna bring down? Like exactly. It seems like his whole vibe is just like, hey, that's that's, that's not a vibe. That's a that's a sound. That's barely a word. <laughs> it doesn't even seem like gambling Dan <laughs> talked to the girls. No, and I think he ends up getting jealous because like Corey's new and exciting to all the girls, and he's oh, like he he's did. cute and he's he sweet. He was jealous. He was yeah, like, when those when those waitresses attacked you, I was jealous. Yeah, it's like all he, God, all he did. Someone yelled, "It's your bachelor party!" And then girls kind of like, like very strangely, kind of like mobbed him. Yeah, uh, and the, this makes me think that gambling Dan doesn't maybe know as much about you know love and. Uh, oh, definitely the, not. The women are yeah. as, much, as much as he thinks. No. Uh, and so Corey says, like, oh, Angela's letting you go. And first of all, this is a problematic thing to say, even if they are together. Because that's not what a relationship is about. I really hate, again, I hate this trope of, like, whipped, being whipped in general about needing permission from your significant other to go somewhere. You know, that type of thing. And Sean says, I'm not with her. Um, and, uh, and he's like, well, you should be. And he's like, well, even if I was, I want to go someplace and I'll go. And he's like, well, fine. I want to go too. Um, and he's like, you, <laughs> he's like, oh, really? You at Clavage, you blush at the beach, <laughs> which like poor Corey. He's like, he doesn't want to be excluded just because he's engaged. And that's totally fair. I think of Corey to say, like, he's still a college kid. Like he still wants to go to parties just because he's engaged. Doesn't mean he should be excluded from those things. Um, and he says we're, and so Sean tries to say we're in different situations now and Corey insists, he says, you tell gambling Dan that major is going, uh, and he, and so Sean's like, well, what are you going to tell Topanga? And again, we've had this conversation, even this season, JD, of like the trust between Corey and Topanga and how they have that, like they're very locked in on that trust. And so in my mind, I'm like, I don't understand why this is a big deal. Like, can't you just talk to Topanga about this? Like, yeah, it seems that like the, the thing that, that a lot of like, I mean, people of our generation are probably like really, I mean, it doesn't matter generation, anybody that's listening to this, that likes Boy Meets World enough, their memory of, of Corey and Topanga is like of the, the beautiful kind of idyllic couple. And part of the reason that that felt that way for me, at least, was that they did like they were always really good at communicating and they continued to be good at communicating through the college years. And they only stopped being good at communicating when they needed like uh, a conflict for an episode for a second or something. It seemed. So it always yeah. does feel like really unnatural when that happens, because it's like, well, everything else we know about Corey and Topanga would just be that they would just chat about this and it'd be fine. Yeah, and it's so funny because, like, that's exactly what ends up happening later, right? Like, Corey feels guilty and he admits it and then Topanga's like, everything is okay. Like, don't worry about it. Um, but he's just like, oh, yeah, wh whether I want to choose her, ch choose to tell her or not, it's all up to me. 
And Sean says, so you're going to tell her. And he's like, it's out of my hands. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, And so then we end up again, more toxic masculinity at the apartment with Rachel, Eric and, um, and, and um, Jack. And they're like trying to sneak out of the apartment. Sarah, again, doesn't make any Mm -hmm. sense. Even if it did matter if one, even if it did matter of like, Oh, they're in a relationship with, with Rachel. Neither of them are, you know, but they constantly are. They should have just made this a throuple. Like in modern day, this would have been a throuple, but the yeah. just like 100%. wasn't ready. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that they're still trying to like play it cool with freaking Rachel and being like, oh, yes, like we are normal, respectable young gentlemen. And they don't want Rachel to know that they're having a guy's night out but i rachel just wants to do her paper she's happy for them to get out yeah and i love the topic of her paper jd i'm doing a midterm paper on the influence of women on male bonding perfect oh my god it's i think every time i see this episode and hear like that's a that's a thing that never sticks with me but makes me laugh every single time yeah Uh, it's so like i don't even know i can't explain why even the thing every okay i love eric and jack and rachel even like all as individual characters so much of like their early storylines about the three of them are basically all just toxic masculinity um and and it's wild because it again it feels really unnatural because eric is like i don't know maybe i might be projecting like my feelings towards will fordell uh versus eric the character the person (laughs) And the actor, phenomenal. Like, we've seen him inside and outside. But this stage of Eric is, like, what do they do to our sweet, sweet Eric? Yeah. (laughs) What happened? Yeah, they're ruining him episode by episode. episode. Um, Yeah. And, yeah. I I know that you said before you're never going to do a Girl Meets World uh, podcast. But, you know. Never. There's, there's, listen, the show was not bad, but there's some good Eric stuff in there too. So he gets, he gets, I won't spoil it for your listeners, but he gets some, some, there's some future Eric that makes it feel better. Maybe, I don't know. Really? Yeah. It's (laughs) just like the character doesn't make sense at this point. Like he just turns into such an idiot where it's like, how is he this dumb? Like this isn't, you know, Jessica, I think that, I, I think that I'm going to at least watch it. And then maybe, maybe report you on the highlights at the yeah. very least. Okay. How about that? Maybe. We'll see. Just can't. <laughs> Just don't mess with a good thing. You know, like, why, why are we remaking? Yeah. Why are we rebooting everything? Like, we don't need to. Yeah. I know. Um, I don't necessarily disagree with that conceptually at all. Yeah. I just, in the context of rebooting things, Girl Meets World could have been a lot worse. Is, yeah, is yeah. My feelings. I, I mean, they got a I lot of the OG cast an members back, so like, yeah, that's, they you know, did. that's a good it was thing. Fun. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, so we find out from Rachel this paper is worth half her grade. Uh, and and so then like, uh, yeah, they're they're just like they're getting on Rachel's case. They're like, we don't have to tell you where we're going. It's none of your business. Uh, and she's just like, okay, uh, we're in college. You're not the boss of us. Nag, nag, nag. What nerve. Uh, and so then they're like, they leave, and she's just like, Thank you so much. Like, now she has a topic, <laughs> yeah, she's paper. a topic, and also she can start her freaking paper. Like, yeah, these idiots, they're just 
Rachel doesn't yeah. care if you go to freaking Hooters. Nobody cares. Like, enjoy yeah. Hooters. Have <laughs> a great life. I'm Clavage, Sarah. Clavage. It's is like really like when someone college? calls Target Target. Like, exactly. <laughs> um, is this their first year at college? Yeah. No. It... Oh, I'm sorry. This. I'm sorry. I was thinking Corey and Sean. Second? No, this is this is oh, Eric and, and Jack's second, second year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. He has a gap year and all of that, so he's behind. Yeah. He's was not. Rachel there the first year too, or did she just show mm, up? She's new this season. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I'm. No. There was a point. No, I knew you're all fine. Of these Sean things, lived but... with them for like last year. Oh yeah. And then, yeah that's why. Yeah. It's confusing. So yeah. So so far this season that she's been there has that so much of their the three of their relationship is Eric and and uh, uh, why did I forget his name all Back. of a sudden. Jack, thank you. I all of a sudden I just could only remember him as Matthew Lawrence. <laughs> just... That's fair. It's not incorrect. Eric, yeah. Eric Matthews Lawrence. There, uh, oh. that's the two of them together. <laughs> um, no, but Eric and Jack, uh, they are basically being afraid that Rachel is judging them as though she was their girlfriend, but they right. also do nothing ever to indicate that they would like that, other than be kind of creepy and vaguely like like. Basically. all the time um yeah and yeah i think that that is now that i'm talking it through that is like one of my least favorite eric uh eric existences well that's what the issue is is that they are always obsessing over how rachel looks and who can date rachel and who will get her and who rachel likes and i think that even though I I like Rachel, I don't like how the boys are like always up her butt. This has been in, this has been one of my least favorite parts of season six so far. It's like I thought I was gonna love the thruple. Like I thought I was gonna like because I remember having fond feelings about Rachel, and I still do. It's nothing about Rachel. It's more just like that she is not passing the Bechtold test. Like none of their storylines are passing the Bechtold test. Where it's like, can we just get a Rachel Angela Topanga hang? Because like I feel like that would be a fun time. <laughs> I think that's I think if i'm remembering correctly maybe it's just this season specifically like i think yeah. that rachel needs to make a choice and then we can move on from this madness but because yeah. it's in limbo and they're fighting over her right when she that, starts eating jack it's yeah. gonna probably i think we're just fatigued about it yeah i mean yeah eat episodes of it um i think you might have a you might have a more positive memory jess just because like as a kid, if you didn't understand what like the more kind of toxic implications of it all were, maybe in yeah. your brain you're just like, well, they just, just the three fun. of them seem like they just like hanging out. They seem yeah. all nice. They're just nice and getting up to hijinks together and stuff. So like your brain just remembered it the way that it probably should have been or it would have been if the characters were more consistent with how they'd been previously too. Yeah, for sure. Um, so Corey arrives at Clavage. Um, they call him Mr. Topanga Lawrence um and what's up major and i just love Corey just saying you're not nice <laughs> like, that's, that's it. point you're blank nice. point blank yeah yeah um and he says you didn't get much enough love as a child did you uh and he's and then of course pigeon says uh oh beat him up dan and he's like no his wife does that for him already and he says i'm not married this is an engagement ring um and he's like i'm engaged so nuts to you and it's just like, and then they're again, they're really picking on Corey. It's really, I really hate this where they're just like, what kind of guy wears an engagement ring? And Sean says, he's not like everybody else. He's unique. He marches to the beat of his own drummer. 
Uh, and again, these guys are idiots. They're like, I don't even know what that means. Like, like, what does that mean? It's like, oh my gosh. So Sean, I, it makes me like dislike Sean a little bit this episode too, because while he is defending Corey to a degree, it's like, JD, it's like he'd rather Corey go away so he can hang out with the bros versus like, I just don't think that he loves Corey and he wants to hang out with Corey, but he's not willing to like merge these worlds or like see these guys for who they are. Yeah. I think that like even kind of leaning into like the Sean that we see in the next episode is like the, he's like at the point where he's kind of having the, the internal war between like cool guy, Sean and sensitive poet, Sean. Yeah. Uh, that kind of like ends up being the thing that sticks in my memory of like the later time, Sean, he's just like, he doesn't really, I mean, I guess like the, whether it was intentionally written this way or not as a show, he kind of is just kind of having like a, like a bit of an identity crisis in college. Like I, I, I had, I put a bunch of gel in my hair once and I was like, I'm edgier now. Um, and I decided <laughs> I was going to be the edgy, the edgy person. And uh, that didn't go, that went about as you might expect, but um <laughs> But yeah, I think he's like, and you you can't merge those two worlds though because Sean's a different person in each of those two worlds. Yeah. So he's probably pushing Corey away because Corey's the person he knows that he can go back to. He knows he yeah. can say I'm sorry to Corey, and then they're gonna like hug it out, whatever. Yeah. Gambling Dan, there's only one way to impress Gambling Dan. <sighs> it's gamble. Yeah, or get a I bunch guess. of girls to sit on your lap, which does or happen to Corey. <laughs> because yeah. they're like oh you're new here i've never seen you um and he's like super uncomfortable because again like sarah i i wouldn't this would never happen at hooters like people don't just come up and sit on your lap mm, no i don't think you're supposed to touch the ladies at hooters yeah and i'm assuming the you're same goes to for touch them. The ladies anywhere frankly yeah. like yeah. have you well, ever yeah, been just, to yeah. i once went to like a magic mic thing and what i was surprised about for like a bachelorette party was that the men would put your hands on them and i was like mm -mm, mm -mm. yeah yeah i was like very the surprised about that because i felt like everybody stayed in their own bubble but yeah. not at magic Mike. i guess it depends that, on what it is but yeah yeah the overarching kind of theme is that uh, uh men want to touch women whether or not women want them to uh, is yeah. kind of like both sides of that, really. Like, you're not supposed to touch the people at Hooters, and you don't want to touch the people at Magic Mike, but they're gonna just <laughs> grab your hand and do it. Yeah, I was surprised by that, and I, I, I mean, it did abs. make me feel uncomfortable. I was just like, yeah. I will touch. I bet abs if I feel like it, and I don't want to touch your abs because they look a little sticky. <laughs> <laughs> gross um and so yeah Corey's uncomfortable like he's like staring at the ceiling he's like I mean I, that would make me uncomfortable like I feel like it's mm -hmm. they're putting all of this on like oh Corey's engaged and Corey's married and Corey's whipped and it's just like some people don't want a stranger sitting on their lap and so like he's just like you know you it's don't know me. that's just like hygiene or yeah, like, like just why like, are you sitting not on even my hygiene lap? not even just like personal space bubble yeah give me my space please and um and so yeah she, she finds out that he's engaged and she's like oh my gosh it's a bachelor party and so all the girls like crowd around him um and then he finally he's just like oh you're smothering me with your oh now i get clavage like it took him into that moment come on um 
and uh and so yeah and so then he like remembers he's engaged and he like takes a fork to like poke his own eyes out because he starts to enjoy it and so sean is just like no 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 you're gonna damage your reputation if you do this it's just like okay sean you're like too worried about Corey's reputation um and he wants and this is where i really sean's reputation oh that too yeah yeah sean is mostly worried about how Corey's gonna make him look yeah exactly yeah and um and like I, I don't like this where he's like pressuring um Sh- or Corey to take his engagement ring off, and it's just like, what is that gonna do for anybody, right? Like if you don't want to mm-hmm. wear an engagement ring, like just because you don't want to wear one, like you don't like rings, you have a job that you can't wear a ring, whatever, right? Like people don't have to wear rings, but if the reason you're not gonna wear the ring is because you're feeling pressure to like be one of the single guys, like that's not okay. That's where it like crosses the line for me, JD. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that was like the, 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 okay. When he took the ring off, he just set it on the table. Corey's got pockets. Yeah. Come on. Come I mean, on, Sean has dude. like all the cargo pants in the world at this point. Oh, like someone gosh, has pockets yeah. to put this ring in. Sean, Sean probably wears cargo boxers underneath his pants. <laughs> <even>. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So why are you There'd putting it on like the napkin the stand? This makes no but sense. But yeah, like the, the point that you were making about, about wearing a ring, like that was all actually a good point too. I just got really hung up on the like, setting it No, because it's very dumb well. that you set it on the yeah. table. Yeah. 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 But like, you. yeah, I mean, Tabanga to, to talks to him later about it and and uh when they have their conversation about it it's it's uh it, it really is it's not like about the ring as much to her as it is just like about like this is the thing that like you can do the things you want to do just like if you're going to wear the ring it's a sign of a thing like you're not just gonna yeah. like rip it off to be cool and single yeah also yeah. like if 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 Corey had have just gone over to those ladies with his engagement ring and been like it's my it's my bachelor party and i'm just gonna i'd like to just live it up one more time before before engage before wedding then they're still gonna do the same thing especially like in like in the context of this show and time period that we're in yeah like he didn't have to take his ring off to impress anybody yeah yeah, it's just, just, it's like, and then he like says like, I don't feel like I belong here. You know, I don't feel like you belong here. I don't even think Eric belongs here. And of course, there's <laughs> Eric. He's like, maybe, maybe, maybe Eric does belong here. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, like then we have Jack and Eric sitting over at Clavage and they're just like, oh, Rachel would see this as sleazy and low life. And then again, a girl comes and sits on Eric's lap and he asks for, and this is such a weird order at a place like Clavage, where to me it feels like a burger and fry place. But he orders, can I have tuna on white? And can you cut the crusts off for me and serve it in triangles the way my mommy does? Uh, don't. I, I feel like ordering <laughs> tuna is like such a dangerous game at any establishment. Well, I beyond think- the fact that you're an adult and you're asking for the crusts cut off and, oh, and cut people, it in triangles. Some people like their crust cut off still no i i think just just had it right there sarah it's the cuts crust the cr- cut off the crust the cr- the cr- off <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's just it's like yeah i think tuna is questionable though too sarah like i feel like especially at this place like i i don't know if i'm ordering tuna there i'm just saying the um, whole order is questionable it the is. whole place is questionable yeah and then Corey shows up and he's just like uh 
uh, do you, does it strike you as odd that I would be here? And then Eric, again, like all the, all the men, all the men are canceled this episode. Oh, does Topanga know you're here? It's like, Jesus. And then uh, he's like, what does it matter? I'm with the guys. Does Rachel know you're here? And then he's like, and then I don't understand uh, why he asks this. And he's like, well, she looks surprised to see you. Like, and she's just like sitting, taking, like right next door, just observing them. How do they not notice her? She has fire engine red hair and she's like over <laughs> six feet tall. They're yeah. just dummies. <laughs> it's like so stupid to me that they would not see her. Uh, I get like. I suppose in defense isn't the right word, but uh, whatever of them, they're in that place and they might just be like so dumb that like feminine forms just start to blend into one another. Uh, And like some of their shirts are red and stuff. So they're just like probably didn't even notice that the six, six foot plus redheaded, short haired uh, Rachel, Rachel McGuire. Uh, same, same, you know, they named after me, certainly. Uh, <laughs> spelled the same way? Spelled the same way, yeah. Oh my gosh, look at that. You're I really looked it about, up while we were talking to double What about check, Jerry? I I is that. Jerry spelled the same way? Jerry is not spelled the same way, but Jerry He's is trash. spelled actually like, well, no, Jerry is spelled correctly. Yeah. Uh, and then like the MCG version is like a misspelled name from Irish immigrants to North mm-hmm. America or something, something. Mm, yeah, maybe that makes sense. I don't know. No, I feel you like that's catch this all on my ancestry, uh, my ancestry <laughs> podcast uh, called uh, uh, JD Meets World. Nope. <laughs> we'll workshop it. Um. So yeah. So then Corey and Sean are back from their night out with the guys. Um, and, uh, I love this, uh, like, yeah, Corey immediately is like, well, you know what? This may come as a bombshell, but that guy, Dan is a jerk. And I don't like Sean's defense where he says jerk is normal. This is what single guys do in college. And it's like, um, no, this is what that single guy does in college. Like there is not a, uh, Bible that is like, or like a rule book for like what single guys must do in college. Um, I was a single guy in college. Trust me. I was not gambling Dan. Yeah, and on top, exactly. Like, even if that's what they want to do, right? Go out and have drinks and and eat, and but you don't need to be a jerk while you're doing it. Um, and Corey makes a point of like, again, I don't, I don't really like how Corey brings everything back to Angela. I feel like they could definitely yeah. have this conversation without bringing her up. But Sarah, yeah. he's like, so is this what you broke up with Angela for to like hang out with guys like this guy? He's <laughs> just like, what does Angela have to do with this at all? He's obsessed with freaking Angela. Like, he has to leave the Angela thing alone. It's getting ridiculous. The codependency of both Corey and Sean on each other's relationships is, like, seriously unhealthy. Like, Sean was so obsessed with Corey and Topanga when they were broken up for a hot second. And now we have the exact opposite happening, you know? Um, I think it's that they don't really know how to manage their own relationships at all. And so they try to, like meddle in the others to like help them and, and make it make them feel better about it because Corey, despite Corey and Topanga's relatively with a bunch of asterisks healthy relationship most of that is due to Topanga teaching Corey things and Corey actually learning yeah. them along the way it's not like Corey's bringing a lot of the adult stuff to the relationship uh, yeah at yeah. this point at least certainly <laughs> Yeah, and so then, of course, uh, Angela and Topanga walk up, and they're like, oh, what'd you guys do tonight? And Sean has a lie at the ready, babe two, pig in the city. And Topanga's like, oh, we were supposed to see that together. And Sean's like, oh, it was great. He'll go He'll go see it again. 
Um, and immediately, immediately, Corey's just like, we went to Clavage. <laughs> Honesty, pink, pink. look at that. Yeah. Not terrible, I guess. No. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, it's like, uh, I think it's Sean who says to Angela, like, you can't be mad at me. Like, we're not going out anymore. Remember, we're just friends. And Angela says, you're right. You go where you want. Um, and meanwhile, Corey and Topanga are going to go talk about this. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, she's just like, I, uh, like Corey starts off the conversation in a very weird way where he says as a man, okay, we don't need to start any sentence ever like that. Um, I'm entitled to certain rights and privileges. Uh, as a man, I went with other men and did man things because I do not want to be thought of by those men as how do I put this delicately? And Topanga says whipped. And he's like, you can at least let me say it. And he's like already losing his mind, JD, about this. I feel like he's coming into this expecting a fight and like coming in very defensive immediately. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because Corey doesn't understand that the thing that he did wrong wasn't actually going to Clavage. It was feeling like he shouldn't go and taking his ring off and lying about it. And like yeah. that was... That seemed like all the stuff Topanga was upset about. She didn't really seem to care that... I mean, really, Topanga's vibe is the person who's going to go to Clavage with you and have a better time than Corey. Oh, yeah. I she think bond she, with them. She would have a great time at Clavage. Yeah. She would yeah. probably get in in the tushy dance, but... Exactly, um, but dancing. lying ain't the way to go about no. it. No, and that's no. what I have an issue with. Like, I have an issue with the fact that... Less so that he went and more so the fact that he like was going to lie about it and also that he took his ring off and left it there. Like wearing an engagement ring is not a like wear as you want type of situation. You're either in or out like you, you know, you can't like choose to wear at some occasions and not. And I think that was disrespectful for um, Topanga to take off the engagement ring. At yeah this, at this establishment yeah absolutely and so she says like listen i get that you um like she says i'm not mad like i get that you want to be one of the guys but i just want you to be honest with me um and he like i i do like i know it's a big joke where he's like you're just you're not like harboring resentment right like you're being you're being honest right now you're being like understanding um because I do think there is like a need for clarification at times. Um, I don't really like that. It's always targeted at women, but like, that's the world we live in where it's just like, I just want to clarify that. Like, you're actually cool with this. Like you actually, you're saying these things and you mean it. You're not just saying it to make me feel good or make me feel like I can do these things. And you're secretly hating it. Um, and Corey's just like, no, like I, or, or excuse me, Topanga says, no, like I honestly believe this. Um, she's like, trust you to do whatever you want. Um, and I love JD that Corey is just like, but what if I don't want to do it? <laughs> that's, this is the thing that's kind of, that's like the real Corey kind of coming out that we were taught, that kind of like alluding to earlier that like, he doesn't even want to do all this stuff. He just wants to like, like he's happiest when he's, uh, uh, you know, eating sandwiches with potato chips on them, uh, watching baseball on TV, uh, yeah, or, he, you know, yeah. such. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to be with Topanga and he wants to be with Sean and he doesn't want to get excluded. Yeah. And that's what yeah. he wants. He doesn't want to go to Club Clavage. He just wants to be with his friends. That's it. True. 
Yeah, and uh, and so yeah, so then he like I'll always grew with the like, come give me some sugar. Um, like he's like, yeah, I don't want to go this place. Like the food's no good, the service is crazy. So she ends up leaving, and then Gamblin Dan wants the freaking pigeon. Gamblin Dan's wants to see you, and he's like, he's right there, you pigeon. Uh, like I see him. Um, and he's just like, you were the man tonight. Those waitresses attacked you. I was jealous. I admit I had you pegged all wrong. Uh, especially, you know, since you stopped wearing that stupid ring, what kind of guy wears an engagement ring? Um, and this is when Corey realizes, yeah, like I'm not wearing my ring. I'm missing my ring. I need to go find it. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah. And so then we have, uh, Angela and, and Topanga talking about this and of course we get the joke of like, oh, I know he's not going to go back there, Angela. It was all just a one-time guy thing. Uh, and Angela's like, oh, I bet Sean's back there right now. Like, you know, um, and so, yeah, so it's just like, uh, they, they're saying, well, women, they're in the bathroom and they're, again, I don't like this from either of them either, where it's like, Sarah, it's like, oh, well, women would never choose to work in a place like that. They're forced into it by circumstance. Yeah. I think that Angela really thought that she was doing great deeds for like the women's front of the argument. Um, And I think that there are cases to be made where she is right. But then that 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 lady that was in the shower was like, hey, like I work there. I'm like, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm not just working there because I have some crazy life story. It's like decent money and it's nothing to be alarmed about. And it's like very harmless. They wear as much clothes as women do at the beach. Yeah. Um, and she invites so. them. I thought this woman was really nice. Um, I think yeah. it was like Joan or something. And she invites them to like go see it. And like, I mean, obviously, I don't, we don't even need to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Like, all work is valid work. Like, right? Like, sex work is valid work. Like, any work that you're doing to make money, to bring money home, is valid work. And so, like, again, like we have like almost like women on women violence in this moment. However, I like that it's very quick, JD. Like, it is very like, no, yeah. Joan's going to step in and say something. And hey, why don't you come see for yourself? Yeah, it was nice that they, uh, again, this was like one of those things that feels like, sometimes when you watch those like this, you're like, well, they clearly, when they were writing this or performing or whatever, they had no idea about like why it felt toxic. Sometimes there's things that are like, oh, well, this feels like it aged a little bit poorly, but at least their heart was in the right place. And this felt more like that sort of thing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like they felt like they were saying the right thing to counter argue the other side. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. like, yeah, she, she, yeah. Uh, it did leave me something confused about beaches, though, uh, because she said that uh, the the girls there wear more than at the beach. And right. earlier, someone, uh, uh, Sean, I think, said that Corey blushes at the beach, so he couldn't possibly go to Clavage, which would imply that <laughs> yeah, the beach yeah. was a less uh, at horny place, I guess, than Clavage <laughs> would be. So I guess I don't. Maybe they're different beaches. I don't know what all the beaches. Maybe one is their, a nude uh, beach or something. Their school is, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we have more again thruppleness. I'm just I'm just gonna call them the thruple at this point because it's always the three of them. It's because of what they should be. They if should they just be a thruple. Communicated honestly and stopped with the damn games. It'd be fine. Yeah, they just it'd be fine together. Yeah. The moral of the the moral of this episode is communication and honesty. Anyway. Exactly. 
You, uh, and I love Rachel talking to one of the uh, waitresses who's also like in the same class. Um, and a- as soon as they notice Rachel, oh, ma'am, tr- cover up. I'm trying to eat. Like, it's it's very silly. And so, yeah, all my paper is going to say is two guys that I'm getting to know very well are inhibited in the presence of their female roommate from behaving normally in male-oriented environments. Um, and so, yeah, it's all very stupid. They're like, just like, oh, well, you know, ever since you moved in, you know, we're, we found this maturity and when you're around, we're just reminded of it. Um, and she's just like, okay. And then of course it's time for the tushy dance, Sarah. I like the tushy dance. It seems like it's a fun time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It does. They're just dancing. There's nothing like particularly like tushy about it. There's just like, no, I mean, there's a little wiggle. butt wiggling. My thought when I was watching this is that they hired a bunch of, uh, uh, they hired a bunch of extras for this scene, uh, where, or like for this restaurant, I guess, where like the main kind of culmination is something called the tushy dance. And it appears as though they didn't check that any of the actors knew, knew much about dance. Like it, they looked a yeah. lot like if <laughs> yeah. I were, if someone said do a tushy dance and gave me no further direction. And then I tried to do it. It looked kind of like that, and I wouldn't want that from me. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, um, But I mean, it's a it's a TJF show. I guess the moral was there. It just felt it felt a little bit like a like a beer commercial ending the show. Or yes, something. this is even more tame than the hot stuff dance, Sarah, with like Feeny and Alan. Oh, and the hot, yeah, the hot stuff, the hot stuff, dance. really, really naughty. They did um, like they did like a whole like lunging situation. They in did. That they, one. they they granted they don't have the tatas, so maybe that's why it was okay because there were maybe. no actual tatas flying. Yeah, maybe it's just that Alan. You said it was Alan and Feeny. It was Alan. It was like all the guys. It was basically. the guys because they oh. like messed up and they were like maybe we're they're going just to... sexier. Like in Feeny was the sexiest one on stage. Like we all yeah. he danced the sexiest. I feel like William yeah. Daniels knew what was up. Although yeah. Alan was a zaddy back then, so yeah. Didn't see Alan in a hot minute. <laughs> Yeah, um, I like how yeah. Corey like asks for the um the lost and found, and the waitress is like, yeah, it's like next to what she say like the the preschool. It's like just just point in the direction of the freaking lost <laughs> yeah. and found girl. Yeah, it's Come within on. all the others, and he just she just it's dumps just, out a giant like, bucket yeah, of envelope of rings, rings or something. Yeah, and then it's yeah. all gold rings, and he somehow finds the correct ring i'm like there's no way they all look the same a bunch of them fell off the counter even and hit the floor (laughs) yeah i mean unless he has an engraving of his name on it i don't think it's possible for you to like pick out which gold ring is in the box of gold rings. especially in the 90s like all the rings looked the same like no one had any differentiation like now there's different metals and like you could get diamonds in them and everything but Mm Yeah, so this is all the tushy dance time, and so he's just like, "Yay! Yeah, you found everything it. worked out." And then he gets the tushy dance. I yeah, think Corey was a great tushy first. dancer. Yeah, he he. I love watching Corey dance. Something about it is very funny. Um, and so uh, and so then this is when we get Topanga, uh, coming in. Uh, he's like, "Listen, there's a perfectly logical reason why I came back." Um, he's like, "You're gonna laugh. You're really gonna laugh." He's like, "I didn't go back to do the tushy dance." I left my ring on the table and I had to go back to get it. And again, Topanga's like, well, why did you take your ring off? And Corey does not have a great answer. He just says, yeah. because they call me the major. Yeah. Um, there's some places where a guy goes where he feels uncomfortable we- wearing a ring. And he his argument is, well, most guys don't even wear a ring before they get married. And some married guys don't even wear rings. And her, or, I love Topanga just fighting back with like, 
you're the one who saw my engagement ring and said, pretty, I want one. <laughs> like, perfect argument, Sarah. Like, you're the one who asked for this. You can't then yeah. just choose not to wear it. That's on you, Corey. If you want a pretty ring, then you got to wear the pretty ring. You can't wear it part-time. That's not yeah. the case. Yeah, I, I'm against, like, I just think, like, you don't have to wear your ring all the time, but the reason for not wearing it shouldn't be to pretend you're not engaged. Like, it's yeah. just, like, it doesn't matter where, whether or not you're wearing a ring, you're still engaged and you're still committed to a person. Um, and so, yeah. And so Corey says, well, I, and I, I, I get it. Like JD, I don't know. Like there's a part of me that understands where Corey's coming from. Where like, he's, he's taking a lot of heat as a result of the decision to wear an engagement ring. Um, yeah. but the moral of the story is, well, don't hang out with assholes. I think. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, really it was like Topanga said, it, it was his choice to do it. So he tried to use kind of the toxic male or the toxic masculinity defense that like, was kind of throughout yeah. the rest of the episode. And she was, she just pointed out like, no, this isn't like, there may be some things that you're pressured into by like that sort of thing. This was just something you asked for. This isn't like me nagging you into wearing a ring. Yeah. You wanted this. If you want to be that person, that's the person that you're going to be. Like you don't get to pick and choose when you like look cooler to people yeah. because the people, anybody who needs you to look cooler is not, worth you looking cooler for definitely you know? not gambling dan definitely no. not let me ask you all something um in your notes do you have gambling dan written with a g at the end or with an apostrophe i heard it as gambling gambling dan so like the n and then the apostrophe yeah gambling yeah, i dan. think that's too i guess like gambling dan actually sounds like gambling dan sounds at least more fun that person though on the like the name gambling dan sounds more fun than gambling dan but that person had big gambling dan energy to me i see he's not because i feel like gambling dan to me is like you know that song like rambling man it's yeah. like the same thing like oh i was born yeah. a rambling man it's like oh i was born a gambling dan yeah yeah <laughs> i was born Okay. maybe that is just maybe that's just his name maybe that's how they came up with it yeah <laughs> um so yeah so uh and then Topanga points out like probably the people that are saying that want what you have which is someone that cares about them um and she says that's all the ring is about that I have somebody that cares about me but I care about whether you want to wear the ring or not like it, it's yeah and so um she says uh you know you either wear the ring or you don't because i have feelings too uh and so he gets so then sean comes over and says oh Corey, you like you're actually invited to poker um and uh and yeah it's just like uh if i don't show yeah save me a seat like maybe i'll come tonight but if i don't i'm probably having a better time with someone else which is you know topanga yeah um and they also then invite Sean, like, hey, you know, you can hang out with us, which I, f I do feel like is a nice invitation because, um, you know, Sean is they've been a trio. They were a trio a long time when before Angela was around. But I feel like at times I'm sure Sean feels like a, a third wheel um, in that in that throuple. <laughs> um, and <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, I think like. I do like this where Corey's just like, yeah, like I, maybe I'll be there, but also like, I hate those guys. So like, if I'm not there, I'm hanging out with someone I actually am enjoying spending my time with. <laughs> like, I think it makes sense. Oh God. Yeah. Like, I mean, there was, it's not much of a, of a choice really to make because again, the 
gambling gambling dan does not have any definable personality traits other than that his name's gambling which i guess means that he plays poker sometimes and uh maybe dan stands for dan you're at that clavage a lot or something (laughs) But yeah. uh, anyway, like he's gotten, there's nothing at all interesting about him at all. And Topanga is, no. is, is actually an interesting person. And even in the context of the, of the show, we'd be told that she'd be more interesting anyway, but she actually is. So it is even better. Yeah. Yeah. And so then we see the last thing we see is like Sean kind of like does take a second to like look at Angela before he leaves. And then like as he's leaving, Angela takes a second to look at him. So we kind of a little bit of foreshadowing for what we're going to get in our next episode that thankfully is not all about toxic masculinity. Um, But we go from like pitying Corey a little bit in this episode to very swifty being like, Corey, what are you doing? Corey, like, what is that? Stop. You're doing too much. Do less. Do less, Corey. Um, so we'll get into episode nine in just a second after we hear a word from our sponsors. We will be right back. Okay, we're back. Uh, let's let's talk through. Uh, this is such a long name. Poetic license and ode to Holden Caulfield, which is Catcher in the Rye. Um, again, we're gonna get in. I hope one of you all is better at reading poetry than I am because I did not understand what the heck was going on with most of these. Hmm. I'm going to tell you, I, I'll let me tell you the entirety of my notes on this episode right now. Uh, J.D. Salinger, uh, I like mm-hmm. because uh, he's named like I'm named. Yeah. End of notes. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think those are some solid notes. Yeah. yeah. That was pretty um, good. Pretty good. So we start off with Feeney, of course, teaching the four, Corey, Topanga, Sean, and Angela. Uh, he's handing out papers and he starts reading a poem um, and it's entitled an unpublished manuscript for JD Salinger. Uh, and so this is, this is the first poem that we hear from Sean. Uh, so maybe, maybe we can rank the poems if we have vibes on that throughout the episode. So uh, it is possible to assassinate my heroes with the scope of my individualism. However, by their persistence to themselves, I believe that they have chosen to pursue a self. What is literature, but the illumination of that, which I would write. Salinger speaks through me, to me, whispers, where to, little boy? My answer is the dogged pen to page, which lights consistently the pathway home. It is on that road that I alone can trip myself, trip my way back to myself. What the fuck? I don't understand this. Sean was, like, sucky at school, and now he's writing like he's, like, got, like, a Nobel Peace Prize or something. (laughs) Like, Apparently, what? these are actually poems written by Ryder Strong. That's impressive. And I think that the thing is, is that Ryder Strong is an intelligent, artsy man. And we are yeah. meant to believe that Sean has capabilities of doing the same. I've, I cannot interpret this poem because I, I have no, no clue what he's going on about. However, yeah. it it seems well crafted yeah i i feel like he's like he's basically talking about like how much salinger means to him is what it feels like right like he's saying like a salinger speaks through me to me like it is like his only it sounds to me like it's a it's a poem about poetry like it's a poem about writing it's a poem about reading it's a poem about like uh i've learned through these people 
somebody's using their English degree. I know, but I was always sucky at poetry. That's the funny part is that like, I hated poetry. I, I tried to avoid poetry as much as possible because I, I just, I really don't get it. I don't get it. Like, I mean, it. it sounds like you get it. I am like the, um, where the sidewalk ends style of poetry, you know, like that's huh? my vibe. Um, what? do you not know where the sidewalk ends? Oh, you need to get where the, I have where the sidewalk ends as an adult. Oh God! You don't know where the side—it's a children's. It's like a children's poetry book of like short stories slash. I'm not a child, nor do I this, want poetry. This, this so why matter. do I need a child? Did you, did you, did you ever read? Book? Did you ever read the the tree? The the something tree? The giving, the giving tree? tree. I believe it's by the same author. I don't know though for sure. Um, also, anyway, this, this is an era of poetry though too, where like like the slam poetry sort of thing where mm. like tv poetry yeah. especially doesn't actually need to be meaningful like it just needs to kind of have the right cadences and use the words like like yeah. summer falling like a winter's evening with the sun high and low as the moon rises through it and over it until it is gone yeah wow Sounds great. JT, maybe you are a a poest. Yes. A, a, po a poest? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> so I was right. It is Shel Silverstein. I love it, Sarah. I love it. <laughs> it is Shel Silverstein who wrote both The Giving Tree and Where the Sidewalk Ends. I highly recommend both. They're really great children's uh, books. Uh, Where the Sidewalk Ends is very cutesy. It's like a very cute uh, poetry book. Anyway. Um, so Mr. Feeney like does this whole poem and Corey is a jerk knowing that this is someone's poem from class. Like he's just like, or, or maybe he doesn't know this, but he's like, come on. And he's just like, you call that poetry name dropping. Haven't we had enough of catcher in the rye? Right, Sean? Right. Um, and so, yeah, like Corey Feeney ends class and he's just like, uh, yeah, like this was Sean's like, that was, that was great. And Corey's just like, oh, I liked it. <laughs> Corey's such a freaking jerk. He is. Um, but Feeney does say, uh, yeah, so Sean says, like, I just, oh, I just write stuff down. I've been doing it forever. Uh, and we find out that, like, Angela and Corey never knew this about Sean. He does it for himself to get his feelings out. This I kind of do believe that, like, Sean yeah. would be doing this and not tell people because it felt like something to be ashamed of, Sarah. Like, that feels like that tracks with Sean. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, we already know that he has an interest in poetry because of that poetry book that he found of Angela's. So um, yeah. he found it interesting then. And I think that probably Angela got him into poetry and then he then in turn wrote his own poetry. So right. it, I think it does track. And I also think it tracks that he would keep it to himself. You know, he spent a lot of his life feeling that he's not smart enough or he's not valued so i'm sure this is something that he kind of keeps on the inside um as well as you know he's trying to always come off as like the cool guy yeah. so i think this all tracks for sean yes absolutely uh and so this is when feeney says to sean that there are poetry readings at the student union uh if you would feel comfortable sharing something and sean is really like hesitant but Corey is very much like Yes, Sean is doing this. I'm going to do it too. I have poems. Um, it's just like, okay. So uh, embarrassing. Uh, my poems are money because they are so funny. 
He is so embarrassing. <laughs> I don't know why Topeka dates him. <laughs> Such an embarrassment. I would be mortified. I feel like we could um, rank Corey's poems as well. At, I mean, so far, this is number one, I guess. Um, they're all going to be terrible, but we can, you know, say which one is the worst, I guess. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, yep, that was that. <laughs> um, poems are money. Wait, money. Money. Because they're so funny. Yeah. So Maybe bad. that one is well, pretty good. I don't know. I mean, no. okay, here's the thing that I got to say. I believe yeah. that the quality of the Sean Salinger poem was higher, but I know more about what's going on in Corey's poem. <laughs> That's true. That's a That's fair assessment. Very true. That's yeah. A fair assessment. Um, and so Sean is like tired of Corey pressuring him. Um, and you know, Corey says like, listen, if I don't press you, you're, you're going to flake out. And Angela's like, I, we need to respect Sean's privacy. Like if he's not comfortable, he's not comfortable. Um, but Corey, again, being Corey is like, I know what's best for Sean. I know what's best for everyone. I'm going to like be a type A and control everything. Um, and he's like, listen, just come with us. You don't have to read your poem if you don't want to. Um, but you, you can come. Uh, so Sean finally agrees. Uh, and Corey, Corey in type A mode is so absurd. I'm sorry. Just, it is because he's like, just like, he wants to control everybody. Again, I don't know how I never knew Corey was a Leo. Like, uh, the more so, we watch the show, the more I am just This like, episode was screaming, screaming yeah. it as well. Yeah, because then, so his second poem, he's going to write a poem in his dorm, not his hoem. That's it? That's it. I think okay. that's. I think I, that's worse. I think a, it's worse. He's, yeah, it's that worse. That I one like, is worse. Yeah. I like the money because he's so funny. Yeah, that one's better. Okay, yeah, so because is... those ones rhyme. Also. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel like this one, rhyme. poem and hoem, do not rhyme. Do not rhyme. No. No. Absolutely not. It's too much. Too far. Too far no. for me. <laughs> it's too far over the line. Uh, <laughs> Then we have the thruple storyline of the episode um, where we're going to talk these through. You're going to tell me which one is the most annoying. Rachel is fiddling with her hair. Jack is noisily eating an apple, like munching like a freaking cow in a field. Uh, Eric is clicking his pen. Who is the worst? I'm sorry. Uh, Eric is clicking what? A pen. Just like click, a click, pen. Click. Yeah. A pen. pen. Oh, clicking his. I thought he said cooking his pen. And I was like, did I miss? <laughs> Do you remember the Something... time you cooked a live bird? Because I do. Gosh. It, does, it doesn't even feel... Like, the problem with me now is that it doesn't feel impossible that Rachel could be fiddling with uh, her hair and and uh, noisily, the other thing that you said. Apple, yeah. Uh, apple. Noisily eating an apple. Yeah, I was, I was like, writing them down, and then I got distracted by the other thing. Uh, but then, yeah, I, I could have just imagaging Eric in the background, like, Thinking boiling pen. a thing, and then he lifts it out, and it's a pen... <laughs> Like you can see it happening, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I think like to me, I don't understand why anybody's yelling at Rachel. Like what she's doing is silent. Uh, I don't know. She's playing with her hair. Well, but it's silent. She's not making noise. I don't know. Maybe it's distracting. Don't look at her. Yeah, I don't know. I'm a pen clicker. They can't not look at her. She's so pretty. Except if she's in that bar with them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I guess eating apples, but I don't know. That's number one for me. I think that you don't have to be in a room together studying at all times. They all have their own bedrooms. Yeah. So yeah, yeah they spend a lot of time in that main room 
just for the purposes of we don't have cameras in the bedroom like we don't have bedrooms <laughs> yeah really. yeah yeah we don't have the set for it i, yeah. I i'm a fan of pen clicking I mean, I think my number one annoyance is the apple because he's like chewing it with his mouth open and he's not even like finishing a bite before he takes another. Um, I think the hair twirling is the least offensive just because it doesn't make noise. But I don't really have an issue with pen clicking. So yeah. just the apple would piss me off. Yeah, I do a lot of pen clicking. Yeah, uh, it probably would annoy me if if it wouldn't annoy me until I like realized that it was there and, and then it would annoy me clicking. forever. Yeah, yeah. Remember um, when, like, you used to, like, click the pen down on the desk and then, like, make it fly yes. up in the air? Yes, I yeah, do. Used, yeah, I just used to, for sure. I wouldn't <laughs> do that now. Okay. <laughs> um, I got pens the other yeah, day, and I, they said it, they were the clicker pens, and I couldn't figure out how to click them. And it took me about five minutes to realize that the clicky part was in the little, like, hanger offer piece oh return it return it i was like the fuck is this like the fuck how am i supposed to click this we don't like that return it it was a whole thing um anyway they all get upset at each other and they decide they're gonna go to the library to study and then eric needs help finding the library so you know yeah they Um, should go to the library to study that's where this library is like unlike any other college library I've seen in my entire life. Where what do you it's mean? Packed. It is yeah. packed full of. Oh people. no! During finals week, it's so packed during at the library. Like I don't want. That's more distracting to sit among like twenty people at two tables. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I I mean, when I went to, when I was in college during finals week, it was always raging, and you can never get a desk, and you can never get one of those rooms to yourself, and you can never get an outlet, and you never got an outlet. Yeah. So you got it. You have to show up super, super early to get yeah. a prime spot and put your stuff down and then get the Starbies in the library. Yeah. But yeah, they uh, they have some when issues. When I was in college, Starbucks probably didn't exist in Canada yet. So. <laughs> uh, they get to the library and everybody immediately starts shushing them. Um, and uh, the guy, I love, I love the guy behind the bookcase. I always remembered him where he's just like, shut up, just like screaming at them. Am I like the only person that hates shushers? Because I think shushers are louder than people actually talking. And it's so um, annoying. I hate shushers. I don't know that I hate shushers. Because if I'm at like a movie theater and someone is talking, I'm like very happy for someone to shush them because I don't want to shush them. And it's so passive aggressive. It's so rude. Can you just say, excuse me, can you keep it down? Why do you have to go, shh? Like, it's so obnoxious. <laughs> I hate shushers. It's I don't know stupid. that I have a problem with shushers. I guess I, I would prefer it. to be asked to be quiet, like nicely. Yeah, what's the excuse me, sir? Would you mind keeping it down? Versus shh. It's like, come on, it's <laughs> fucking ridiculous. JD, what are your thoughts on shushers? I I have I don't think I have any notes on Sarah's <laughs> points. Like that seems like sometimes I mean you all have you all have this podcast because you're the experts and uh we're you know, so, we're case, so experts just, on shushers. I just have to con- 
have to defer to the experts. Yeah. I just my favorite thing is when Sarah feels so passionately about something that like then, I simply it don't never care about. Happens. It never happens. Sarah yeah. feels no feelings about most things, but then when she does, it's so intensely passionate about something that I'm like, like the other day you had you had that same vibe about something, and I, I don't remember what it I was. I don't remember what it was, but... but you were like so hyped about it, and I was like, Sarah, I'm so proud of you for feeling so passionate about stuff. Yeah, I I really do <laughs> feel nothing about most things, but Shusher's really. <laughs> push me over the edge um and so then we get uh everybody everybody is upset uh rachel gets upset at this girl audrey uh and she's like you want a piece of me and of course rachel stands up and she towers over her by like an entire foot and audrey runs and rachel chases her and i'm like what is she gonna do when she catches her um i don't like your pants i don't like your face like it's a whole it's a whole thing so eric finally decides he's gonna stand up and he says listen everybody's being a monster everybody take off their left shoe let me just i'm gonna point out the flaw in this plan in just a second everybody yeah. take off your left shoe make a pile right in the middle of the room mm -hmm. okay uh what are you thinking about now my foot's cold okay exactly um and he says okay what we're gonna do is everybody's gonna go grab a shoe and then we're gonna do eric matthews foolproof study system uh and everybody's gonna go to the movies so the problem is if everybody takes a shoe you're not gonna have people matched up because you're you're gonna have like I have Eric's shoe, Eric has Jack's shoe. No, you need half the group to find shoes. Oh, got it. Right, right, right. Because you can't have groups of threes. Yeah, this, this doesn't make sense. Yeah, what are the odds that that would happen? You can not have up high. to a group of fours. I, I don't know, but Jack's shoe had gum on it, which is fucking disgusting. <laughs> Was it Jack's shoe or was it not? Or it wasn't Jack's shoe. It was Jack's partner's shoe. Yeah. Uh, uh, he says, you like popcorn crunch during the movie and I'll push your nose into your brain. So I don't think he's a shusher. I think he's just, uh, uh, you know. A fighter. A fighter. <laughs> yeah. Um. Also, I don't know about you, JD, but like, I don't want to go be forced to be on some friend date with a rando. No, I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, a couple of jobs ago, we used to have um, uh, potlucks every month. We'd have like, it was a franchise head office and we'd have like franchisees, uh, potential new franchisees coming in and we'd have like a potluck uh, where all the employees would bring in food. And then they made it, that was already terrible. And then they made it worse where they started assigning a seating so that we would be like spread out. And so like this wasn't with strangers, like other than the strangers that were like, in the room so that was bad but even like in a workplace of 40 people there are people that you'd like to eat lunch with and there are people that you would not like to eat lunch with probably and so that was too much for me so any sort of forced friend date mm. can freaking forget it as far as i'm concerned yeah this yeah. is terrible i agree with you i used to hate when they did that to us jd i worked at a company that was similar of like oh we're gonna split everybody up and everyone's gonna go at different times so you can't just sit with the people you like and it's what? like, well, why are you That's doing this? To kindergarten. Me it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, happened at a couple of places. Capitalism, yeah. you know? Capitalism is trash. <laughs> just like toxic masculinity and friend dates that people you don't know. Um, Now we're at the student union. It's Friday night. Date night. Friday night. But it's poetry time. Uh, And so Corey's on stage. <laughs> I think this is one of the Corey's best ones. All day long, I think of you. How do you do? The things you do. How do I love you, you do? girl? The things you do. <laughs> I love you, girl, with all my heart. Because you're pretty. 
and you're smart. And then it's bongo time. Ah, Topanga! Okay, I'm not gonna lie. Maybe Corey is a good poet, but like <laughs> not like since not like sincerely. No, like as a joke. It moves me. Like it, I if I I think it's cute. I think it's endearing. Yeah. And I it's memorable because I remember the how do you do the things you do? Yeah. And then of course we have the infamous Tapanga. And it's more than once this episode, which is great. So I'm gonna put this at my number one spot for Corey. This poem is number right one. Now. This is the number one Corey poem and the number one poem overall so far, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. So once again, how do you yeah. do the things you do? I like you because you're pretty and smart. Yeah, that's yeah, perfect. That's great. Yeah. Um, and so then no one really claps. And so Corey's like, oh, tough room. And so Feeney gets down and he calls <laughs> Sean to the stage. And Sean is upset. Uh, he's like, you didn't learn to stay out of my business. And so Sean goes up and he starts to st say his poem. Um, but he he can't. He stammers. He runs out. He doesn't take his poetry book. And of course, Corey, being a dick, gets on stage. And he's just like, don't worry, don't worry. I'll read what he was going to read. This is so disrespectful this is terrible so this is also sean's poem i think i might understand this one a little bit more than the first one but we'll see um you don't know it but sometimes i go to a hill that overlooks the landscape's mask of city lights for a sip of momentary grace on this brink of everything i know i can gain an eyeful of the lost atlantis and the human soul and a breath that fills my lungs with the air between two stars if you were now to capture the image of this elation in the framework of your mind or find transcendence through these words, then at most you would know nothing of the beauty of your existence throws to me. For mine is a love no experience, no measure, no words could ever degrade into reality by virtue of degree. I don't get it. It's, it's basically a melodramatic. It is. It's all about his love for um is his love for Angela. So basically what he's saying is even if I were to go stand on this top of this hill, get all this breath in my lungs, see Atlantis, see all of this beauty, it compares nothing to how I feel about you. Oh, it's like so nice. That's like the cliff notes. That's like the super super. That's like the Clifford the red red dog notes. Wow. Oh, Just yes. you are truly an interpreter of poets. I mean, I mm -hmm. That's what I'm getting from it, but that I mean I just know. Obviously, no, I mean I think Angela. that that feels right. It just feels a little bit like um, like we need something. We need somewhere between the amount of words that Corey uses and the amount of words that that Sean yeah. uses. Is that is I'm that not against, why, uh, like amount of words? It's just like you know, it's doing a lot to say the same thing. The complexity, yeah. yeah. Do do we need? Do you think like an hi a haiku is like the perfect like tight uh, poem? I could see that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I like, yeah. I like poems that rhyme. I love I haikus. Well, you can rhyme a haiku. No, I know. I'm just to. saying in general, like, I love a poem that rhymes. Oh, I see. Over yeah. a poem that doesn't. So, but what yeah. you're that, I mean, that's most songs. Exactly. So. Yeah. So, would you put this at like a number two spot? Would you put this at number three? I think it's number two to the Topanga one. Yeah. This is Sean's best. Yeah, uh, much work. better than than uh, J.D. Salinger was a man that made me think about my pen. 
Um, yeah, I agree with you. And I also, I, I, like, I'm also impressed that Angela right away, like, has the realization that this yeah. is about her. Well, because she also gave Sean, like, a poetry book, right? So, like, I think she yeah. also is able to know what she's she talking about. She loves poetry. Yeah. Yeah. And so Sean pulls Corey outside and he's just like, okay, how do I put this? Who do you think you are? He's like, uh, look into my eyes, Corey. I'm dead serious. We have a problem. Ooh, uh, this is Corey's, scary. It, he's very, it's like the most serious we've seen Sean in a long time. He says, I don't want to hear sorry, not this time. I want to hear that you were wrong, that I asked you to back off and you wouldn't take no for an answer, that you totally disregarded my feelings. You went way too far this time. And Corey says, uh, all right, all right, I did that. And then, and then that's all he should say. But he says, but I just want to say, and uh, Sean is just like, there better not be a but. And Corey says, I did this for your own good. And Sean just like flips out. He's like, you don't know what my poetry is about. That poem that Feeney read in class, you don't even know what that was about. Um, he says, I can't say certain things, so I write them down. That's how I get them out. Um, I do that for me, not for anyone else. Um, he says, you heard the poem, but you didn't listen to it. Uh, and Sean admits that the poem was about Angela and JD, we see Angelo and Topanga kind of like listening in out the door. Mm -hmm. um, and this was like a huge moment where he says, I wrote that for her. Yeah. Uh, of course, she'd be around at that exact moment. Of course. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, like, I, like Sean has a great point about all of this. Like Corey did. And like you said, Corey should have stopped at. Yes, I did do those things. Yeah. Uh, the the only thing to say after that is and I'm sorry, not but it was for your own good. Um, I've been I've been like a um a more kind of like I can be like an introverted person or a shy person sometimes. Um, and uh, to people listening to this that know me from other podcasts would not really believe that. But anyway, <laughs> um, it's a thing that I can be and and like especially when I was younger the idea of like someone telling me it's for your own good like I'm pushing you out of your comfort zone that sort of thing yeah like get it out of my face I don't want that let me like let me figure out what my comfort zone is and I can get out of it on my own sort of thing um and so like I that was this wasn't this was a nicer message and and I do like in general how Boy Meets World did um they weren't afraid to have Corey be wrong yeah like, the messages sometimes the messages will miss like we talked about the last thing and stuff too but like sometimes Corey's just wrong and he learns a thing and that's like and it's cool and it lets people know that yeah. it's okay to be wrong and learn a thing and change yeah and uh yeah i mean Corey is definitely wrong here and sean ends up paying the price because angela comes out she looks at him and then she just slaps him across the face which sarah was like very jarring and even in even by the end of the episode i'm like i still don't know that i get the like like why yeah, what's up with the slap him? is it that yeah. you know that is she upset that he has all these feelings and he's not being honest with her and keeping it all inside is it yeah that she feels like disrespected in some sort of way i'm not entirely sure why angela did the slap if anything i think that we should slap Corey for invading uh yes. sean's privacy yeah and like Corey tries to go talk to angela about this and he's like i'm not even sorry i read it don't you see that he wants to tell you how he feels and angela's just like then he should tell me 
And Corey says, listen, he's obviously still in love with you. He's writing poems for you. And you still love him. Remember, I remember you told me all of this stuff. And Angela's like, yeah, I remember all of that. And maybe I do have feelings for Sean. But that doesn't mean we should be together. And I'm finally okay. I'm finally starting to move on. And so Corey asked the question we're all wondering, like, okay, well, then why did you slap Sean? And she says, how can he still have feelings for me and not want to be with me? And JD, mm. to this I say, that is not a good enough reason to slap a human being. <laughs> it's not a good enough reason to slap a human being, but I also understand how frustrating that would feel and how oh, yeah. you would feel. Like, I would feel like slapping a human being. I wouldn't do it. Uh, but yeah. I mean, maybe Angela, I mean, we've seen, we've seen like, have we seen by this point, like Angela's like, dad like angela's dad no, is tough we haven't uh, met okay so, so then you know maybe in theory angela's dad is tough uh <laughs> and yeah you know like i it's i can understand like the sometimes i've gotten frustrated and kicked like paper towel like a like a package of paper towel in the house if i'm like really frustrated <laughs> with like the news or work or something like that but like so as i get the feeling i wouldn't do it to a human yeah yeah, it's just like, uh, I, I understand the frustration, right? Where she's just like, if he loves me, why hasn't he told me? Why doesn't he want to be with me? And, and and then Corey is being extra annoying in this moment, Sarah, because for Angela, she says, he's the one who broke up with me. He's the one who wanted to meet new people. And if he can't tell me how he feels, then what are even are we at this point? Yeah, are they even friends? Are they even two people that they want in each other's lives? Yeah. I can understand the frustration. I mean, like, I can also understand that, like, Sean might have feelings for Angela still, undoubtedly. But yeah, I can also respect the fact that maybe Sean's not ready to be in a relationship. Maybe Sean still likes Angela, but realizes that, you know, he's in college and that like he can't commit full time to somebody like just because you have feelings for them doesn't mean that it's the right time for you to be with them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, so Corey says maybe his poetry is the way to like meet halfway. Maybe it's the only way he can says, say how he feels. Um, and so maybe you should tell him how you feel. Uh, and so then we see Sean sitting in student union, a beautiful student union with a nice fireplace. Um, and so Angela, they have like a whole chat and, uh, Sean says, I want to say this right. And so again, this is such a trope in like shows where like one, it's like all depends on who goes first and they're both lying. And so Sean goes first and he says, listen, I wrote that poem such a long time ago and we can see the heartbreak on angela's face yeah. and she's like oh you did it's like yeah like way before we broke up you don't have to worry like everything's cool and angela's like oh great it would have been so awkward to find out you had feelings for me when like I, it's so clear i've moved on um mm. they both agree they've moved on and this is like so hard to watch jd because like we know the mm -hmm. truth yeah yeah it's um yeah it's, the whole thing is like it's it's they gosh is the angela and sean stuff was just so much through like this part of the show and like even without having watched like the whole season lately uh just like remembering how uh is so much it was so much and so much of it was just like if you just talk if you just yeah. sit down and be honest with each other for like half an hour you could save yourselves both a lot of this trouble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. neither one of them ever wanted to admit to the other 
or you really like him, until it was yeah. like in like crisis mode basically is the only time they would ever admit that they liked each other yeah they're they're both like they neither one of them wants to be like in that super vulnerable spot mm-hmm. um which sucks because we you know obviously i would have preferred if we got to see them apart for a little bit at least like dating other people i think would have been interesting um especially because angela is nine times out of ten only ever shown like in relation to sean uh and i just would have liked more of her on her own getting to do her stories mm-hmm. yeah. um but uh but yeah then we're in the hallway uh all the grades are out and everyone wants to know if the foolproof uh, the eric matthews foolproof study system has worked and eric's just like oh yeah I totally just made that up you know um rachel and audrey are now bffs so mr feeney comes out with the the list of grades everyone did well all except for eric uh and feeney is just like listen like i know that like there's like a recent study that says that you need to stop focusing on one studies after a certain after you reach a certain threshold right you've reached a certain threshold knowledge you're never going to exceed that it only goes down if you study too much but eric forgot to study in the first place oh no what a what a situation i can't believe this happened stupid (laughs) storyline is dumb yeah i i mean like yeah like you can't overload your brain sometimes you need to take a break but yeah you need to know the information for ultimate success the stuff that eric eric knew how to put a whole bunch of people at ease enough to succeed at their test oh yeah that skill should be worth something just i agree history or whatever it was reminds me of the time that he taught the group of people like that random storyline b where like he was teaching people to be citizens like they had to pass their citizen test yes like it very much feels like that where he has like these interesting methods that do work um but yeah he did not study himself so you know yeah um, uh it's yeah it's i mean that was it it was it was interesting to because like kind of the the without being super explicit about it, it was like about like anxiety and stuff like like test anxiety yeah. that sort of thing and uh i mentioned will Ferdell earlier being lovely i saw him at a uh like a comic-con type event in toronto a few years ago Ooh. and uh he talked in his like q a panel thing about like anxiety and ha- his anxiety after boy meets world like he moved into voice acting and that sort of thing afterwards and we ended up meeting him at like his autograph table and he was so lovely we had a friend with us talking to him about like how him talking about anxiety was so sweet and nice Mm -hmm. and he like he he asked if he could come around the table and give my friend a hug uh, without like us even asking him so we were like being scared of any like i mean like these events you're just like supposed to just very much follow the line and go through but yeah yeah uh but he was like so 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 sweet and so like took the time to talk to people and so mm-hmm. like it's really as nice. much as of a doofus he's been in both of these episodes it was like that moment at the at, towards the end of this when the grades went up when i was like well he really like brought people together and that's actually really like kind of how he was in real life and i was remembering that and and how i used to go to conventions before you know the world yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i think that the main thing is like i think that as much as we get annoyed with like what they do to eric's character you could still tell that like wilfredell has like amazing comedic timing with like all the stuff he's given right so like even though he's given some crap to work with like it's like he makes gold out of what he does you know like he does make it feel like sweet at least like he yeah eric you never hate like a toxic dummy but he's instead mm-hmm. a sweet dummy. He could be gambling Dan. 
he could be gambling to him. But he's not. <laughs> I would never. Yeah. Um. So then we get Sean and Topanga meeting up. They're gonna they're meeting with Corey and Angela to go see a movie. Um and uh and so yeah, Topanga asks like well, how was everything with Angela? And she he's like, Oh, I told her I wrote the poem before we broke up, so it's not a big deal. And Topanga notices the notebook that Sean is holding is one that she bought him for his birthday. Look which at this means sleuth. I know. Well, she's a detective. She is. Uh, she says, you couldn't have written that um, because I got that notebook but with you at, for you after you broke up. He's like, all right, I wrote it after we broke up. She's like, how long after? He's like, not long after. How long after? Two weeks ago. And she's like, ah! <laughs> you still love Angela. Yay. Yeah. And Sean wants to keep it down. He's like, I can't get her out of my mind. I miss her. I miss her. I, could, I miss that I could tell her things. I couldn't tell anyone, not even Corey. He's like, you need to tell her. He's And I, I understand where Sean's coming from, where he's like, well, I was the one who needed space. Like, I can't now go back to her and, and you know, and tell her this, especially she's not in love with me anymore. She's moved on. She just wants to be friends. And of course, in true sitcom style, we get the same, like a opposite, similar conversation happening with Corey and Angela, where Corey's just like, listen, I'm not going to say anything. I hope I didn't mess everything up. I always mean well. And Angela puts up with the most bullshit ever, JD, where Angela's like, I know you always mean well. Meanwhile, all of us are like, Corey, stop meddling. Stop it. Yeah. yeah. This is why I try to never have pride in my life because it only ever gets in the way of things. <laughs> like if neither of these people had had, like if Sean was just like, well, like, I know he's not saying, like, I'm too proud to go back, but it, the kind of implication is that he asked for space. Now, he can't be the one to say I was wrong. I want to, like, maybe I don't need this much space anymore. And that, like, there's no reason for that. Just suck it up. Suck it up, my dude. Come on. Yeah, talk it out. Right let now. it out. And, like, you've already read. All you had to do is admit the poem was from more recently. He just lied about it to make it harder? Come on, man. Come yeah, on. I mean, having said that, this is entirely something that I would have done when I was younger. <laughs> yeah, it's very deny, true. Deny, deny, yeah. Uh, make sure nobody ever knows your truth or see you vulnerable yeah. in any way. But now, looking back, I'm going to yell at a TV show on a podcast about of it. Of course, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so we get Sean making in or uh, Topanga promise not to tell anybody, including Corey, and they swear. And that's when everybody comes in. They all kind of go uh, together to the movies. Um, and then we get the end credit scene. Uh, my next poem is called Frustration. Uh, come on, Topanga. And that's the whole, that's the whole one. That might be yeah. my favorite one. He's so good. Fa that's your favorite that one. Was, so good. That one, it's, it's full of emotion, Sarah. It is. It's, um, it's passion. It's like pretty packed. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's brevity, maybe it's strength. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's it's witty. It's 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 uh succinct. Um, yeah, yeah. Then we get the uh, funny money era. or money funny is still pretty good. The the Topanga, the first Topanga heart smart one. It does feel a little bit derivative of that last uh of the last yeah. Topanga howling one. Maybe we do the heart smart number one. I do mm -hmm. love the come on Topanga. I don't know. Oh, we had to still do the Feeny one. Uh, Mr. Feeny is very smart on many subjects, including art. And yet he can't help me with my frustration. Come on, Topanga! I think it's creepy that he's like, Feeney, you can't help me get laid. Like, he's definitely talking about sex. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Leave Feeney alone. Yeah. Feeney doesn't need to hear about this. Feeney has helped with so much. So much. So yeah. Much. So much. Being next door neighbors to Corey while you're a teacher 
feels like that would have been a nightmare for oh, him. Oh, absolutely. And the fact that, like, he, he might be the world's most patient man. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I think so. Corey can, like, Corey has to get himself laid at some point. You know, William Daniel, Mr. Feeney is busy getting. <laughs> He's getting himself laid with the getting dean. himself laid yeah with the yeah. dean exactly yeah yeah um Busy. but yeah i think i like the topanga is smart heart one number one mm-hmm. uh i think this one's about Corey getting laid is probably at the bottom of the list even below sean's wackadoo ones that we don't yeah, understand Corey is a bottom oh sorry you were saying something else yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's those are our episodes. Uh, Jane Ray, what do, you, what, do you, what do you think? What, Here's you, what I think. Over the other, what do you think? Uh, you know, I mean, like they were honestly, they were both um, they're both enjoyable in like the way that in the way that we got to talk about them now, where we can like yeah. don't have to take everything at face value and and can like talk about the things that are fun and the things that are like more annoying but like i mean i know a lot of stuff would come from uh like getting something on network tv at the time you have to like you had to like hit certain tropes and stuff too so uh like the i didn't know this the creator of boy meets world michael jacobs right that's who it is um he also was like the co-creator of dinosaurs that was also like interesting and dinosaurs i've rewatched it in the last few years and it was like especially like wildly anti-capitalistic mm-hmm. uh like there was a lot of like really progressive messages that hold up now today and i read some interviews with michael jacobs from like around that time where he talked about how like if the baby hit the dinos- hit the dad with the frying pan the network let them get away with anything so I feel like he as like a creator yeah. in Boy Meets World, I feel some of those sort of things too, where like, oh, we'll have like Eric be dumb and we'll have these boys do these things and then we'll sneak some other messaging in. And I feel like we got, we get some of that like throughout this season that feels like, it feels kind of uneven, but I think it's because there's this push and pull of like yeah. funny sitcom TV and like an actual like show with a heart that they were trying to yeah together. That makes sense. That's like, it makes sense why something like last episode everybody loves Stuart. like why something like that would get snuck in there because there's like a real want to um say something bigger than the average little sitcom for yeah kids yeah um jd we appreciate you coming on so much i appreciate you having me on so much thank you so much fun uh what do you want to plug for the people what do you have going on anything interesting you want to talk about I don't know. No, I mean, like, I'm, I'm out there on the in the social media worlds. Um, uh, uh, some, I don't even know. I was gonna plug my TikTok, but I don't remember what it is. You can find it somewhere. <laughs> oh, I watch um, your TikTok. You're doing 3D printing. It's so fun. Yeah, that's very cool. Stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm in the midst of, of building uh, a two foot five uh, gnome. Uh, 3D printing a gnome in in real life size of of a two foot mm-hmm. five kind of terrifying little uh, little thing. So um, that's you know that that's not really uh, work, but that's what I'm doing. So it's Great. fun. Can't wait go. to uh, <laughs> to follow it along. I think yeah, I, yeah. I usually follow compare you it to the size of a season one Elf DVD. It's um, it's you amazing. Know, great. 
Sarah, what do you have going on? What do we have going on mm. to plug? Yeah, we are um, pretty busy. We got some weekly Boy Meets World and Austin's Creek coverage over here. We have some bonus content coming out in the near future. Um, we just finished up our coverage of season one of Time Traveler's Wipe over at PSR. So we're having a grand old time. Uh, more things to come in the future at PSR as well. Uh, so you can catch me at Sarah Ferguson. You can catch us here at Shit 90s Pod on Twitter and Instagram, www.shit90spod.com. Amazing. Of course, you can always find me at the Just Sterling on Twitter. Uh, you can also hear me on Push Show Recaps on Community Building, talking about the show community. So much fun. Go listen. Uh, and that's all. That's all we have. We will be back next week with episodes ten and eleven. Uh, with none other than Marissa. Super excited to welcome her onto the podcast to chat some Boy Meets World. Uh, until next week, have a good one, everybody. Just Bye. Shit ninety shows taught me. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.